Mesa Church. Good morning. You good? You good? Or, or in light of where we're going today from a content standpoint, we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about love. And so uh, I, should, uh, I should quote the, uh, the renowned relationship expert, Joey Tribbiani. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> and if you get that reference, uh, then you have officially dated yourself. And so... Uh, most of you are probably be, you'd be married by now. Some of you may be dating yourself and, and maybe nobody else, but we're gonna talk about that today too. And so uh, turn to the person beside you here at Winter Park, uh, uh, Oviedo, Sanford, South Orlando, watching online. Just turn to them right now and with all, the, with all the game you can muster, just look them in the eyes and say, how you doing? Just do it, do it. You just gotta do it, do it. Yeah. From my perspective, some of the ladies are like, finally, I'm getting a little bit of action right here. And so, uh, amen, it's Action Church. And so, hey, listen, listen, I wanna help, uh, I wanna help. Today, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about relationships, but before we, before we kind of dismiss some things, I'm gonna give that a caveat. We're not talking about relationships outside of yourself. We're not talking exclusively about marriage or parenting or families or, or, or your sphere of influence. Like, like, we're talking about your relationship with love and, and where relationships start. Relationships start with, with pickup lines, right? Like, they, they start with pickup lines. And so, uh, so I wanna help the, I know there's a bunch of uh, singles that are a part of our church, and so I wanna help you all out. Like, I wanna help you shoot your shot a little bit. And so, and suddenly all the 20-year-old dudes, finally, they're like, uh, it, actually, I'm gonna take some notes today at church. And so I just got some pickup lines. As you can see, we've, uh, we've titled today's message Pickup Lines, and it'll all make sense here in a little bit. I've got some, uh, I got some pickup lines. Uh, we, we talk regularly about, uh, you know, just the right amount of inappropriate, and uh, I think we're gonna find out what that line is here in just a second. And so uh, you, might, you might try these right here. Just walk up and say, hey, uh, hey girl, how many times I gotta march around you before you fall for me? What's up? You can stroll up and be like, excuse me, but uh, I believe you got one of my ribs. And so, <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. That's, that's pretty good, that's pretty good, that's pretty good. Uh, hey girl, is your name Faith? Because you are the substance of things I have hoped for. Like, <laughs> look, some, some of the girls are like, come on. Some of these girls are like, where's that dude at? Like, send him my way, send him my way. This is, uh, this is old school right here. Girl, I would marry Leah just to get to you. Like, some of you, People not familiar with the old, like they, they don't need to read the Bible, I guess, a little bit. And so, uh, hey, a couple of these are a little questionable, like this one right here. Excuse me, do you have any prayer requests? Because I'm willing to put hands on you right now. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't. That's, that might be the line. That might be, here's, here's the line. We just kind of, we're going to tiptoe. We're going to tiptoe back and forth. And so, dance a little bit with that. How about this one? Your girl, your hair is like a flock of goats. I don't know. I don't even have hair, so I would, I, like, I would be thrilled with, with goat hair, I guess. And so thank you for laughing at my, uh, this one, ladies, I would, not, I would not encourage you to walk up to, be, to a dude and be like, excuse me, did you put the stud in Bible study? I would not, I would not, yeah, I can't sign off on that. Being a father of three daughters, I cannot sign off on that. How about this, we could redeem it with this. Hey, would you be interested in being accountability partners? I guess good, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, thank you. Spoken like a true dad. How about this one? This one's really realistic. Hey, listen, we're both 25. Uh, most Christians have been married for three years by now. Let's just settle for each other and see what God wants to do. Some of you guys, like, honestly, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. Uh, hey, hey, uh, you want to practice speaking in tongues together? Like, no, no. I just... That's the line. 
No, nah, but for real, do you? No. Nah. <laughs> How you doing? No, nah, nah, I'm just messing. Is it, is it a consideration? Hey, my parents are home. Want to come over? I like this one right here. You walk up to a girl like, hey, girl, I got the gift of prophecy, and uh, I'm seeing this future right here. Like, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. Hey, a lot of, a lot of you guys and ladies will know uh, uh, my... Uh, I am pretty smooth. I'm not attractive, but I am smooth. And so, but my pickup line, man, it was, it was weak, man. My pickup line was, it was groovy shirt. Like, it was groovy shirt. I walked up to Catherine. She was wearing a shirt with, with daisies on it. And I was like, hey, girl, groovy shirt. Next thing you know, like, we were having children. And so, it was awesome. So, <laughs> let's take a look at this picture right here. This is the squad, man. That's the squad right there. Yeah, that's the squad. We are, uh, we are nine days, a week from Tuesday, nine days from our 25th wedding anniversary. And so... So thank you, thank you, thank you. I know some of you are saying, oh, bless her heart, bless her heart. You're right, you're right. Uh, craziest decision that lady ever made was saying yes, and, uh, but man, it's been an incredible ride. And so the uh, greatest joy of my life is uh, partnering with her and, uh, and shepherding those kids. And so uh, have you guys ever had somebody, uh, like you ask them about their, their, their love life or whatever, and, and, and they say, hey man, it's complicated. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's complicated. You ask somebody, it's complicated. <laughs> A couple of people are like, story of my life right now, right? And so, yeah, it's complicated. You know why it's complicated though? You know why it's complicated? It's complicated because, because we throw the word love around so flippantly. Like, what does it even mean? Like, what does it even mean? Like, we throw the word love around and it's like, like you can say, I love college football. Like, we lo- yeah, I love college football. I love college football. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I love, I love driving with the windows down. I, I love sunsets. I love sunsets because it's just, it's so, it's just, God's just such an amazing artist. It's just awesome. I love sunsets. And so I personally, I love, I love paper towels that are torn exactly on the perforation. You know what I'm saying? But that's just, yeah, yeah. These, these are my people right here. Like, I, I love Krispy Kreme donuts. I love Krispy Kreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right off the conveyor belt, like, with some ice cold 1%, get in my belly. You know what I'm mean? like, like, seriously, y'all don't even know, man. Like, like we, we just, it's, so, it's so convoluted. We throw this word love out. Like, like in the same conversation, in the span of 42 seconds, I can say, I love my wife, and I, and I love Taco Bell, and... And I do have significant affinities for both of those two things, but one of them, I think, kind of supersedes the other. And so, so, so listen, a few years ago, God gave me this conviction, real, true story. God gave me this conviction that I'm no longer going to use the word love in relation to things that don't possess the ability to love me back. And so it's just a good practical deal. Like, I, I love God, I love people, I love my neighbor as I love myself, and, and, and I do love me some me. And, and so, like I, I like, I love my small group, I love our church, I love, like, like, I love things that have the capacity to love me back. A lot of you guys, any dog owners? Any dog owners? I know, I know that you guys love your dog. Like, I know you love your dog. I know you, like, I love, actually, I don't just love my dog, I love all the dogs. I get that, I get that, right? And so, and, and it's true, like, dogs go to heaven, so we know that dogs have the capacity to love us back, but, but if you say I love my cat, I mean, I mean, if the line was the things that have the ability to love us back, then obviously cats are disqualified there because, because they're agents of darkness and they don't, I mean, it's true, it's true, it's true. Like, you, I mean, you know, like, you know, if you were taking a nap and if your cat had the ability, he would just kind of prance right over with his little furry paw and it would just, it would snuff your life out. Like, if it could, it would, and then it would just kind of walk away and say, this is my domain now. Like, that's, and so, uh, so we're so flippant with the word love. And today, today I wanna, I want us to, to dive in. We're talking about 
relationships, but, but, I, but I don't want you to dismiss. We're not talking about exclusively about your marriage relationships, although we will, your, your, your family relationships. Uh, ain't no mess like a family mess, like, like your parenting, your, your small group, like, like your HOA, like wherever there's drama, you know what I'm saying? Like, like what, I, here's what I wanna talk about today, and, and it's kind of an abstract, but it's a completely different, and, it, and it's purpose-filled. As we're talking about love, I'm gonna paint a picture, 1 Corinthians 13, we're gonna talk, but, but, but what I wanna challenge you to do today is to, to, to focus on your relationship with love. Not your relationship with your spouse, although that's part of it. Not your relationship with your children, although that's part of it. Not your relationship with your parents, although that's part of it. Not your relationship with your siblings, that's part of it. Not your relationship with your teammates or your, or your roommates or your sweet mates or your coworkers, although all of that is part of it. Today, the challenge is for you to, to evaluate your relationship with love. It'll all make sense here in just a little bit. Um, I'm super thankful that you guys are here with us, and that is, it's a unique filter. Um, I, I wanna instruct you guys to drill down into this personal process, it, like, like personally process this time together as we're talking about your relationship with love. Uh, we're gonna talk about a few different elements of that, but first I wanna, I wanna kinda pull aside with, with the singles, if I could pull aside with the singles. Uh, make some noise if you're a single, make a no- yeah. <laughs> Some of them are like, uh, I'm available. <laughs> Invite me to your small group, it'd be great. And so, um, as you well know, February is Singles Awareness Month. And so, <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. Some of that's not cool, Pastor. And so, 1 Corinthians 7, uh, 1 Corinthians 7, we're gonna talk a little bit about 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. We're gonna talk about that. But, uh, but back in 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is speaking about singleness, and, and he's not. Uh, he's not speaking down, he's not condemning marriage, but he's saying if you're single, it, it's easier for you to remain single and focus on your relationship with God. And, and, uh, and so I, I just kind of wrote this down. I think everybody would agree. Being single isn't necessarily easy. And all the single people said, you got that right. Uh, but being single is simpler than being married. And all the married people said, you got that right. And so... Uh, so I just want to pull aside with, uh, with the single people here for just a second. Um, not, not exclusively the single ladies, but all the single ladies, like all the single. And so, so focus here. This is important. Uh, ladies, sometimes y'all tripping. Like sometimes y'all tripping. You're like, God, you're dating a dude, right? Like, and you're like, God, if he's not the one, just send me a sign. Like if he's not the one, God, send me a sign. And then this is what God does. Like, like you're sitting at the stoplight and... Uh, Like, you literally, keep it right there. Keep it right, like, you're literally like, God, if he's not the one, send me a sign. And then .7 seconds later, you look up, and you see that, and then you're like, but I'm still just not sure. (laughs) Leave it right there. Like, your mama said he ain't the one. Your daddy said he ain't the one. All your friends said he ain't the one. Your dog literally bites his ankles when he shows up. You're like, Lord, if he's not the one, give me a sign. And God's like, okay. You're like, no, but maybe still. And so, listen, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about, that's too real. And if you're a dude, don't be a dude that God would send a sign to run her away from you. Like, don't be that dude, you know what I'm saying? All the guys like, I guess he's talking to me. And so, singles, let me pass to you for a second before we dive into uh, this whole definition of and and your relationship with love for everybody. If you're a single, uh, stay single until you can love yourself. Stay single until you can let go of, uh, of past hurts. 
Don't bring that in. Stay single until you uh, identify who you are apart from being in a relationship with another person. Stay single until you are not afraid to stay single. It's a big deal. Stay single until you possess the freedom to love God and to love yourself. Today we're talking about relationships, but it's not external relationships. We're talking about your relationship with love. It's kind of abstract, but I'm gonna define that for you here in just a second. I just use the word for singles and freedom, and man, let me encourage you to find a freedom group. It's part of what we really value, and maybe you're new to Action Church. What's a freedom group? Go online, go to our small groups. Uh, I can tell you that it's incredible. Once you experience it, then, uh, it, man, it is freedom. And, and, and if you're bringing baggage into a relationship, um, then, uh, then freedom is super critical. We talked about how culture can be flippant with love. This morning, I just wanna take a second real quick and then we're gonna dive into 1 Corinthians 13. I wanna, I wanna paint this picture for you of, of there are four types of love. We, okay, so we talked about how the word love in the English language is just kind of thrown all over the place. Um, in scripture, there are four different types of love that are represented. The first one is eros love. I'm just kind of defining these for you real quick. The first one is eros love, which is the Greek word for sensual or romantic love. How you doing? <laughs> He's like, hey girl, what's up? What's up? And so, now here's the thing about, uh, about Eros is within the boundary of marriage is this beautiful, uh, amazing, fantastic thing outside of that context though, it's dangerous and it can be volatile. And, and let, me, let me kind of make this super practical for you guys. And he's talking about Eros, this, this, romantic, uh, this romantic love. Uh, raise your hand if you have a fireplace. Raise your hand, all, our, all of our locations, raise your hand if I have a fire. Okay, so, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Justin was talking about, hey, listen, in Florida, like category five hurricane, bring it on. Temperature drops below 50. I can't, I can't handle it. And so people outside of Florida, they're like, why would you ever even have a fireplace? But no, it's cool, it's great. And so, uh, hey team, can we, let's, let's, let's set the mood a little bit, can we? What's up, what's up? Let's set the mood a little bit. And so, hey, hey, how you doing? We got, we got the crackling fire. Now, if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you to, to describe this fire for me, these are, these are the kind of words that you would use. You would say, man, it's, it's, it's relaxing, it's calming, it's, it's romantic, it's soothing, it's, it's peaceful. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Now, we'll keep that going right there because it feels, feels kind of nice, feels kind of nice. Hey, what's up? Now, if I were to ask you, my dad was a, a fireman for 42 years. He, he retired as the fire chief in my hometown. I've been around a lot of fires. Let me ask you this, have you ever seen... Uh, have you ever seen a house fire? I've seen it. Have you ever seen a, a, a wildfire in the, in the, I've seen it. You ever seen a, a grease fire in the kitchen or maybe you're driving down the road in a car? Like, have you ever seen, if I were to ask you how you would describe those things, you would say, man, it's, it's, it's chaotic. It's crazy. It's dangerous. It's out of control. Now, what's the difference? It's a fire and it's a fire, it's literally the exact same thing. The difference is, is that one of them exists in the context where it was designed to be. The other one is loose and running wild and we would be lying to ourselves if we were not willing to acknowledge that there would be consequences when you take it outside of that context. Like it's out of control. Here, let me make it super practical for, uh, you know, we're here in Orlando. And so, so if you, man, you go downtown Orlando, you go downtown Orlando, 55 West, like you're in the elevator and, and you press the button, you're up on the top and, and next thing you know, the lights start flashing and then it drops like 17 stories. Okay, you're screaming, 
and, and you're probably saying some things you shouldn't say, and then you're gonna soil yourself. Like, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. But hey, you go, you go out to Disney, you go out to Disney, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, lights start flashing, it drops 10 stories, and you're like, yeah, this is awesome. And you paid $149.99, Florida resident rate, blackout date supply, boy, we're prohibited to see store for details. Like, you're like, this is awesome, but you paid for it. What's the difference? The difference is one of them is designed for that. The other one is completely out of control. And that's, man, we have to understand what we're really dealing with. That's, uh, that's Eros, right? And so speaking of Disney, Catherine and I are, uh, we're, we, as I said, we're about to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. And we're looking at, man, well, let's do something fun. Let's do something cool. Let's, and we're talking about, you know, let's go, let's go skiing. We're going on a cruise or whatever. And, this, and we settled on because we've never stayed at Disney uh, we've got five kids, and, and so we, we, don't, we, don't, we, man, we don't have Disney passes. We've never done any of that. I was like, hey, it's the happiest place on earth, and it's 42 minutes from where, we, let, let's just go. So Catherine and I are staying at Disney for the week for our 25th anniversary, and people are like, oh my gosh, that is so awesome. And then some people are like, oh man, that's cool. You're taking your kids? I'm like, no, no, we're not, no, we're not taking, it's not their anniversary. Like, it's little, they exist because of this deal right here, like, so uh, incidentally, if you want, honey, do we have like Cash App or Venmo? Like if you want to help support us with the, <laughs> just pray about it. Just pray, like uh, there's gotta, just email me. Like I'm sure there's a way you can email gift cards. Just pray about it. And so uh, kind of only slightly joking about that. And so listen, so here's the thing. Uh, we've, got, we've got Eros and then we've got Storge, which listen to this. This is the Greek word describing family love. This is the affectionate bond between parents and children between brothers and sisters. And I tell, we do a lot of work with young couples. We, we do a lot of work with, with, with young couples and obviously, invariably, there will be guys and ladies that are expecting. And I always tell them this. I always tell them this. Uh, you, you know, you and your spouse, you guys love each other. Mommy and daddy love each other very much. But the first time that you look into those little eyes, it's a completely different understanding of love. And that's exactly what scripture, it's a completely, we have one word for love and we use it to encompass everything, including ladybugs. I love lady, what does that even mean? And this right here, it says, no, no, there, there is a specific definition and context for love. And then probably the second most recognized would be phileo, which is the, the type of love in the Bible that most Christians practice. It's seen through deep and abiding friendships. We'll talk a little bit more of that in just a second. And then the one that we really wanna spend the remainder of our time today talking about is agape love. You may have even heard, even if you've been around church for just a little bit, you may have heard that, that word before. Agape love is the highest of the four types. It is, it is God-inspired, perfect, uh, unconditional, uh, selfless. It's other-centered. And that is the type of love that we need to aspire to. And so today, when we're talking about relationships, I don't want you to, to think exclusively about your relationships with the people around you, with your spouse or with your children, again, or with your, your, your friends or your circle or whatever. I want you to think about your personal relationship with love. I'll explain that here moving forward. In John 21, 15, 16, and 17, this is following his resurrection. Jesus, Jesus famously turns to Simon Peter and he says, do you love me? Do you agape me? Do you love me agape? Do you love me with this, this, this perfect, unconditional, unrestrained love? And what's really interesting is he famously replies to him. Uh, he says, hey, hey, listen, you know that I love you, phileo. 
He said, do you love me, agape? And the response is, you know that I love you, but it was with phileo. And Jesus, he's like, no, 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 you don't quite get it yet. And that's because he had not yet received the Holy Spirit. And listen, you can try as best as you can to love the people around you with all of your strength. And yet, I would suggest to you, that is not going to be enough. Fortunately, you don't have to rely on your own strength. Fortunately, you don't have to rely on your own power. Fortunately, you don't have to rely on your own authority. God's grace and his strength is so much greater than that. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Turn to somebody and say the love chapter. Hey, girl, how you doing? Uh, I would say it's one of the single most, uh, most famous chapters in all of scripture. And, and what's happening right here is, is, is that the Corinthian church is, man, just like they're, like they're crazy, right? Like there's some bad things. And Paul is writing to them and he's addressing some things that he is seeing. And, and I'm gonna share these things with you here in just a second. But I want you to understand it's not exclusively then. In fact, it's really just interactions with people. Anywhere people are involved, whether it's uh, one via a spouse or under your household or on your, t- like anywhere people are involved, there's going to be, uh, there's going to be drama associated with it. He, these are the things that he was writing to address. Tell me if, uh, if these resonate with any situations that you're currently dealing with. There was frustration, check. There was conflict, check. There were trust issues, check. There was judgmental behavior, Check, 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 check. There were improper motives, check. There was selfishness, check. And there was pride. So Paul is breaking down this outward expression, uh, but with a void of love. And then he paints this beautiful picture of the essence of love. And that's, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna walk right through. This is 1 Corinthians 13, one through eight. We're gonna walk right through these with the remainder of our time uh, for the sake of of time, we'll go right to 1 Corinthians 13, one. Let's walk these through. Uh, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, this is gonna be up on the screen. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. And really to kind of encapture like, like, like what that is right there, I would say eloquence without action is unacceptable. Eloquence without action is unacceptable. Eloquence without action is unattractive. Eloquence without action, it's unbecoming. Like eloquence without action is just noise. And you've seen this popular thought online, hey, listen, listen, if somebody comes to you and they apologize, which is awesome, great, praise God, but then they apologize for the same thing, and then they apologize for the same thing, and then they apologize for the same thing, and then they apologize for the same thing. At some point, somebody's gotta, hey, what are we really doing here? And and that's what scripture is saying. Hey, listen, you can be as eloquent as you want to, but if it's not backed up by love, then we're missing the mark. He said, hey, listen, stop, stop just talking about it and actually be about it. And when I'm talking, yeah, awesome, thank you. When, I, when I'm talking to you about your relationships, I'm not talking about external relationships. I'm talking to you about what is your relationship with love? Let's be about it. Like it's the thing that we were, we were commanded to be about. Love God with everything I got. Love my neighbor like I love me. Couple things that, man, opportunities for you to be involved with. We got marriage night. We got marriage night coming up on March 25th. We got marriage night coming up on March 25th. Super excited about that. Super excited about that. Yep, I know, super excited about, hey, listen, our team works, uh, works really hard to create opportunity to invest in you and your marriages. 
I have the privilege of, of giving oversight to that night. Sarah Pope and I work really, really closely. Man, it's gonna be an incredible night, an opportunity for you uh, to, to, to really invest in your marriage, this most cherished human relationship that exists. Uh, registration will open for that next Sunday. And then there's a couple things. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about really intimate relationships. Don't just, don't just talk about it, to be about it. And one of those is, is Fortify. We've got these Fortify marriage groups. There are Fortify marriage groups that are available to you at, at each of our locations. Catherine and I led one of those in the fall. 12 weeks of really just kind of undergirding this most fantastic and challenging, magnificent and maddening relationship that exists. Like, like it's so practical, it's so real. And then we've got to, we're launching this semester a legacy parenting group, which I'm super excited about. The same, same kind of vibe. Yeah, I would get excited about that. I've met some of y'all kids, like I would get really excited about that. And so, like, hey, come, stop, stop, stop. And so, no, I'm just messing, but, but take it before the Lord. And so, so, yeah, no, like seriously, you've got an opportunity to be equipped, to be supported, to, to, to greater understand love. And Catherine and I are leading a, a legacy parenting group here at the location on Sunday nights, and we're super excited about that. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Verse two, 1 Corinthians 13, two, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am Nothing, and the tagline that I would just kinda, kinda crafted for that is humility is needed or talent is tarnished. Humility is needed or talent is tarnished. And in the sports world, and I have the privilege to, to be involved with a, a lot of sports related stuff, in the sports world there's this thought of, man, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. There's also this thought of when your greatest player is your hardest worker, it changes everything. When your greatest player is also the most selfless individual, it changes the entire team. And the same, that's exactly what he's seeing. Like, if you wanna be a difference maker in your sphere of influence, then, then don't worry about your gifts and your talents for your benefit. Do everything that you can to help the people around you succeed. How is your definition, like, how is your relationship with love being expressed selflessly to the people around you, wherever you serve, wherever you lead, Gifts without graciousness will only grade on the people around you. Gifts without graciousness, it will just wear on the people around you. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity to invest in others. And then uh, last uh, of this section, 1 Corinthians 13, three. It says, if I give all I possess to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a maata. And so, thank you, some of y'all listened to Z88 of the Joy FM, helping you find joy. And so, safe for the little ears in the back seat. No, 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 if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Here's the line from that. Sacrifice is selfish when it's only for show. Sacrifice is selfish when it's only for show. Giving, listen, listen, giving rings hollow when, it, when it's not accompanied with heart. And, and, and here's the challenge, it is vital, listen to me, it is vital for you to have God's power at the center of your marriage. It's vital for you to have God's power uh, to lead you as a parent. It's vital to have God's power in any way, shape, or form that, that, you, that you interact with others. It's vital to have God at the center of your marriage, but way more vital than that, it's, it's vital to have God at the center of you. Like that's, that's where it starts. That's where it starts, it, it really is. 
I say it's simple, but it really is that simple. It's that important. And here's what's interesting, and this is, this is gonna be kind of a, man, this is a heavy piece right here, but I know here at Winter Park, at Sanford South, at Oviedo, worshiping with us online, I know that there are men and women who, man, you've been eloquent, you've, you've, you've demonstrated your gifts, you've been generous, you've been selfless, and you've done all of that even with a right heart, but what you deal with is you've got a spouse that doesn't believe. You, you maybe have some, a child who's a prodigal. Man, we raised them right, we prayed for them, we've done everything, and now it's, what, what are they doing? You might even be a, a, you might be a student. I know these scenarios, middle schooler, high schooler, college student, you've done everything, like, like the heart, the passion, the gifts, the humility, like all of it, and your mom and your dad, they don't respect your faith. In fact, I might, they might even go so far as to clown you for it. What's amazing is this transition to these final few verses that we're gonna look at here over those next few minutes. Paul is saying, let me give you some encouragement. You're gonna be discouraged, man. This is a lost and hurting world. And even, listen, this is the truth. Our greatest wounds don't come from our enemies. We, our greatest wounds come from the people that we live closest to. And Paul's saying, hey, let me just give you this encouragement. And the encouragement that he's given you as we define love, love is patient. You guys, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always, love always protects, love always hopes. Love always trusts, love always perseveres, love never fails. When, when he was sharing these words, here's what you need to understand. He's literally painting the picture of a person, and that's Jesus. And I wanna ask you, how is your relationship with love? That's how we're gonna, that's how we're gonna finish with our time together here today. Verse four, it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. Love is patient. It is, it is so complete that in otherwise passive moments, it is patient on your behalf, and I wonder in your marriage, I wonder in your parenting, I wonder in your dating, I wonder in your interactions with others, I wonder, I wonder what kind of a significant difference uh, God-empowered patience might have. This is about to get in somebody's business big time right here, but God just gave me this thought as I was preparing this week. When you insist on your own timeline, love is patient, when you insist on your own timeline, you are wrestling control away from a trustworthy God. That's what you're doing. Like his track, weather, his, his track record is, it's impeccable. Trust, be patient and trust. Love is kind, love is so gracious that in moments of active engagement, it demonstrates kindness. And I wonder in your marriage, I wonder in your parenting, I wonder in your friendships, I wonder, I, like, I, and, and man, I have to take account, we all have to take account of, of moments that we miss the mark and ask God for grace and, and ask people to forgive us and I take responsibility for those moments just my, myself too, but like, like even in your interactions with complete strangers, which would certainly apply to your operation of a motor vehicle on State Road 50, like God, would you please? <laughs> oh man, did you have to, have to make it super practical and so, Listen, listen. God does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Agape love, this perfect, unconditional, unrestrained, like this perfect expression of complete God-inspired love, it is selfless 
and it is others-centered. And I just wanna give you this phrase today that I want you to forever associate with 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, and, and it really boils down to, it is this simple, we before me. We before me. And we can talk about the context of all the places that could apply in your marriage, in your parenting, with your friends, with your circle, with your small group, like all of the places that that could apply with your team, with your coworkers, all the places that that could apply. If you're willing to, to, to demonstrate and live out this we before me mindset, it will literally change the world that you live in daily. It will. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, listen, Let's be selfless. That's what this perfect demonstration of love is. Great, uh, great marriages are committed to maturing for the sake of the other. I, I'll give you this thought right here. This is, uh, genuine love is disciplined, which that's a, that's a statement in and of itself. Genuine love is disciplined to make progress in doing more of what is loving and to stop doing what is unloving. And verse five, love does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And again, our, our deepest wounds in this world that we live in, we don't have enemies. We don't have enemies. We got people that set us off on social media, which, I mean, again, that's a total clown show. But we don't have enemies. What we have is wounds that we carry from the people that are closest to us. Why? Because the defenses were down. Because, like, like, we never saw it coming. Man, that hurt. That cuts so deeply. And it's really important for us to understand the greatest challenges in marriage and really in any significant relationships is holding grudges or keeping a score of past hurts. And I just, I wrote this down as, as the years of marriage roll on, and Catherine and I are about to celebrate our 25th, and, and we, we decided, thank you, we decided for our, like, 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 let's get in, like, let's, let's lose some weight. Like, we decided, let's lose some weight, let's get in shape. Like, let's prepare for the next 25, or the next 50, or, or according to whatever medical, whatever, like maybe 100, I don't know, I don't know. And so, so we said, hey, let's lose some weight. And here's the deal, you know if you've been in, in marriage for a while, if you've been, Married for a while, you're going to gain some weight. It's the weight of, it's the weight of unmet expectations. It's the weight of bitterness. It's the weight of discouragement. It's the weight of frustration. It's the weight of unforgiveness. It gets real quiet in here because yeah, it kind of we we kind of flipped it there a little bit. Listen, guys and ladies, you are no more equipped to carry that weight than you are equipped to set yourself free from it. However, Jesus, Jesus, which is love in the flesh, Jesus is absolutely capable. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And that's the picture of, that's the picture of, man, stop striving to earn your salvation, like just receive it. But it's also like in this life, you're going to have things that are, that are heaped on top of you. Just say, Jesus, I can't. And Jesus is like, I can. And so let's partner together. What is your understanding of love? And what's your relationship to it? Verse six, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love doesn't delight in evil. It doesn't delight in evil. It's, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we had, we had our church-wide prayer and, and, and fast, right? And so for the week, I, I mean, I'll just tell you straight up, uh, for the week, uh, I said, okay, God, I'm just gonna set aside this things, the things of the world, my food, and, the whole, and so I was literally just eating a couple of spoons of peanut butter a day just to survive. 
was like, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. And so it was Wednesday morning of, of, of the church-wide fast, and I, was, I had the privilege to come and share, and I'm privileged to share with you guys and ladies here today. I had the privilege to come and share on Wednesday morning for the devotional that day on, on talking about a life of surrender. And, uh, and, and man, just eating peanut butter and the whole deal. We go back home before I, I return to the office. I've got three, uh, three of my five kids, they're high school athletes, and, uh, and so they're making breakfast, which they should. And I walk through the pantry, the pantry, I walk through the kitchen, pantry door's open, and you know what I see right there on the shelf? SpaghettiOs and meatballs. <laughs> Pastor Eddie, it was 8.17 a.m. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever looked at SpaghettiOs and meatballs like, come here, what is up? Like, it was like fettuccine Alfredo served on a bed of like blackened chicken. I was like, delicacy, you know what I'm saying? 8, 17 a.m. Here's what I want you guys and ladies to understand. When you are weak, even rubbish is going to look enticing to you. Love does not delight in evil. When you are weak, even rubbish is going to look enticing to you. And here's what I want you to understand, guys and ladies. Monogamy, listen to me. Monogamy is physical, but monogamy is mental. And monogamy is emotional. You have to put those guards up. When you are weak, even that which would otherwise be unacceptable, you're willing to consider. Man, please, please consider that. Verse seven. Love always protects, love always trusts, love always hopes, love always perseveres. You will, uh, you will obviously fight with your spouse in our home. We call it heated discipleship. <laughs> My kids are like, mom and dad having some heated, no, no, we're just iron sharpening iron. <laughs> it's like, watch out, sparks are flying. And so what we tell people, we're about to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. This is a true story. What we tell people is 23 of those years have been fantastic. In 24 months, adding up to 25 years, those 24 months interspersed throughout 25 years, they've been really tough. That's real, that's marriage. I ask people all the time, hey man, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for your marriage? You know what they say? My marriage ain't perfect. I'm like, great, thanks for telling me what I already knew. I literally said, how can I be praying for your marriage? It's like we're embarrassed about this, but here's what I want you to understand. I wanna set some people free in this particular world. Uh, perfect marriage is not the goal. A strong marriage is the goal. A perfect marriage is not, the, a perfect family is not the goal. A strong marriage is not the goal. A perfect faith is not the goal. A committed faith, that is the goal. And you can't do it on your own strength. Perfection is not the point. Strength is the point. Dedication is the point. Surrender is the point. Obedience is the point. Commitment is the point. And then, and then finally, we'll finish with this, verse eight. Love never fails. You will fail, your spouse will fail, your children will fail, your family will fail, your friends will fail, your neighbors will fail. We will all fail, but God in his love never fails. I just got a couple of verses here. We're talking about, we're having fun with pickup lines and we're gonna come full circle with this right now. We're talking about pickup lines and the way things start, but. But, but if you're carrying some hurt, you need to understand that God's included some, some lines to pick you up in scripture, depending on what you're dealing with. If you're anxious, and I'm sure that many of you are, stressed, worried, if you've been hurt, if you're discouraged, if you feel weak or on your own, if, you're, if you no longer want to walk this life out by yourself, 
Christ has a few lines to pick you up. Listen to this as we finish. When you fully experience God's love, you will have nothing to fear. And I know people are stressed, and I know people are worried, and I know people wake up in the middle of the night. It says, uh, 1 John 4, 18, it says, there is no fear in love but perfect love, perfect agape love, perfect, unconditional, unrestrained, like, like I have made made absolute acceptance and grace available to you through the person of Jesus Christ. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Set aside that fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. When God cares, uh, God cares for you when you are suffering because he loves you. Psalm 31, seven, I will be glad and rejoice in your unfailing, perfect, unconditional love for you have seen my troubles and you care about the anguish of my soul. And probably there's a number of you here and at each of our locations, you would say, man, I got some troubles and I got some anguish. You don't even have to raise your hand. We know that those things exist and God's perfect, unfailing love is the answer. How's your relationship with love? Even when things seem hopeless, you can have hope in God's love. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, this, the steadfast love, the perfect, immeasurable love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. Those mercies are available to you today, just for the asking. God gives us his Holy Spirit because he wants us filled with his powerful love. You don't, you're not left to your own devices. You're not left to your own strength. You can't carry it on your own and you don't have to carry it on your own. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God perfectly, unconditionally, unrestrained loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Not your power, but his strength. Not your grace, his grace. And then this, this final one, and even Jesus himself took the posture of we before me. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own perfect, immeasurable love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm gonna ask you, how is your relationship with love? not the people around you. I'm gonna pray for you and the people around you here in just a second. I'm gonna pray for your homes. I'm gonna pray for your marriages. I'm gonna pray for children. I'm gonna pray for your, your future. We're gonna pray for those things here in just a second. But first and foremost, how is your relationship with love? Through, the, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I wanna ask you guys here at Winter Park and all of our locations, Sanford South, Oviedo, worshiping online. You guys bow your heads. I would just ask you, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I would just ask you, do you know the reality of God's grace and forgiveness? Do you know love? We, we flippantly throw love around and yet Jesus came so desperately loving us that he gave his life for the forgiveness of your past, your regret, your sin, your shame. Do you, have you tried to love the people around you on your own strength and you realize, you know what today, pastor, I need, I need the relationship with love through Jesus Christ. I need to renew my relationship with love through Jesus Christ. If that's you, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed at all of our locations, would you just raise your hand so, so yep, awesome. Would you raise your hand if you say, yes, awesome. Awesome, yes, yes, awesome, yes. At all of our locations, if you just say, you know what, pastor, I've done this on my own strength. 
and I'm exhausted with it. And that's, that's what this world will do to you. If you're guys and ladies all over our room here, and I'm sure at Sanford South, Oviedo, even worshiping with us online. If you're one of those guys or ladies, just raise your hand and say, you know what, this is my moment. I need, I need to make certain that I have this relationship with Jesus. Would you, right there where you are, right there in your heart, would you pray this with me? Right there where you are, right there in your heart, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, I need you. Just right in your heart. Dear Jesus, I need you. I ask you into my life to forgive me of my past, my regret, my sin, my guilt. God, I have tried in my own strength and I have failed. I have tried on my own power and it is frustrating. And God, right here and right now, I ask you to come in. I ask you to come in and from this point forward, as best I know how, I wanna live for you and according to your word than living for myself. And God, for every home, for every marriage, for every family, for every child, for every future. God, your word is very clear. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Your word says that love always protects, love always hopes, love always trusts, love always perseveres. God, love never fails. God, I pray that we would, we are the beneficiaries of your love and your grace in our respective lives. And I pray that we would go out and share that love and that relationship with a lost and hurting world. We pray these things in the name of the life changer, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate what God did today.